Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 151 of Weekly Poker Hand, and we have a fun one today. We are playing 75-150 early in a tournament with an 80 big blind stack, 12,000 chips. We have an under-the-gun limper, this player in seat eight, who uh, puts in 150, and then it folds around to me on the button. This is very early in a tournament, and it looks like we're only playing six-handed. Six handed. That often is the case when you show up on time because a few of the players decide to show up late. I'm a pretty big fan of showing up early. There are certainly merits to showing up early and showing up late if you are a professional with an edge, but in my mind, if you are going to be profitable and you have stamina such that you can play all day, every day, and not get tired or not get fatigued, then you certainly want to show up on time. If you know that you do not have stamina or if you do think that you will lack focus if you show up early and you can't make it the full five days of a World Poker Tour event or something like that, then maybe there is some merit to showing up late and essentially skipping the first day, understanding you're giving up some amount of equity in exchange for maybe being fresher late in the tournament. This is what a lot of the older players do, and I have not adopted the strategy yet, but I certainly could. I can see the merits to it. But if you're playing a one-day tournament, show up on time. You, you should hopefully be able to play one full day. If you are perhaps much older, then maybe you should skip the first few levels. I know I have a few students who I actually recommend skip the first few levels. They can play great for about eight hours, but 10 to 12 hours in, they start to fall apart. And so, you know, figure out how to only play eight-hour days. That seems like an easy solution. Obviously, you want to be able to play as long as possible, but sometimes that's just not physically possible. So anyway, this guy limps. I'm definitely going to raise to about 600. It's going to be about four big blinds. I do make it 600. It's the only play that makes sense in my mind. I'm certainly not going to limp and slow play, and I don't want to make it huge because then my opponent will fold, and you don't want him to fold when you have aces. He does call. We're heads up. It comes 10-4-4, two diamonds. I have no diamonds. My opponent checks, and I decide to bet half pot. Typically, I would bet smaller on a very uncoordinated paired board, and I understand there's a flush draw on this 10-4-4 board, 10 diamonds, four diamonds, four spades, but when we are deeper stacked, I typically like betting a little bit larger. Uh, I guess what I was going to say is this is uncoordinated, even though there are there is a flush draw available. Um, I like betting a little bit larger when we are deep stacked because that is the only way you get to play a big pot. Of course, I could be beat. But if I bet like 400 on the flop and then my opponent calls, the pot's going to be much smaller compared to if I bet 700. And then that's going to lead to me making a smaller turn bet and then also a smaller river bet. And this is a spot where I think we can very easily go for three streets of value if my opponent check calls, check calls, check calls. And for that reason, I think I like to start off with a you know quote unquote bigger bet. This is only half pot. I understand a lot of amateurs make it. 1200 or 1500 here to try to, in their minds, price out the draws, but clearly not going to make anyone fold a flush draw. So you're not really pricing those out. You're just making hands like pocket sixes fold that are drawing really, really dead. So I do at 700, my opponent calls, which is great. I would assume he's going to have a lot of hands like ace high and better. Turn is a five of hearts. My opponent checks. I bet 1100 into the 2800 pot. At this point, I don't mind to start going a little bit on the smaller side because. Now I'm still trying to get called by ace high and maybe even stuff like king queen and hands like pocket sixes. And if you start betting closer to 2,000 or 2,500 into the 2,800 pot, well, now your opponent may be able to fold those hands. But if instead you bet 1,100, he may stick around with all those. So I like 1,100 bet. I could maybe go a little bit bigger, like 1,400, but 1,100 seems nice. I think that's going to induce my opponent to call with a lot of stuff. And you really want your opponent calling with a lot of stuff whenever you have that range crushed. Or when you just have an equity advantage in general, which I certainly should have here. Now my opponent check raises, though, to 3,300. So I made it 1,100. He made it 3,300, a full three times my bet. 
can we fold? This is where you really need a read. And if you don't have a read, you cannot fold. I know it seems a little bit definitive to say you cannot fold without a read, but you have to understand if we're folding this hand, we are folding everything besides flush draws and fours. And am I really raising a lump with very many fours? Like probably not, right? Maybe ace four suited. So two combinations of that, maybe five four suited. So two combinations currently of that. That's about it. <laughs> so if I'm only continuing with four combinations of hands, I guess pocket fours as well and pocket tens. So whatever, call it 10 combinations total of premium made hands. And then I guess I could have, let's, let's just call it 10 combinations of draws for simplicity. It's 20 combinations of hands out of my entire range. And that's just going to be way too tight. So you got to call the over pairs here. It's a little bit unfortunate with no reads. Now, if I had a read on this player that he was as straightforward as they come, never bluffing, only doing this with exactly a four or better, well then yeah, put your hand in the muck and move on. Notice that I only have 9,600 when after I make my bet on the turn. I believe this is after I make my bet. Maybe it's before, but you see I only have 10,000 chips, right? If I do call this on the turn, I'm somewhat roped into calling with this exact hand on the river. So I don't love this scenario at all, but this is usually just going to be a call a turn and call the river and go home. I don't think we need to shove. If I do shove, what's going to happen is my opponent is going to call off essentially perfectly. And you don't want to let your opponent call off perfectly. He's going to call when he has a four and he's going to fold when he doesn't. So the river's a five of diamonds. The flush gets there. Man, oh man. I mean, I guess this is just a fold. I sure hate folding a pocket aces. But think about this, right? If my opponent was bluffing with a flush draw, he just got there and made a flush. If he had a four, we were still beat. If he decided to check raise some hand like six, five of spades on the turn, he just made a full house. So we're beat by that. The only hands we are beating here are stone bluffs, total stone bluffs, right? This will be hands like king, queen of spades. Maybe that's a reasonable hand to, to turn into a bluff. Notice I have the ace, ace of spades in my hand, so that blocks a lot of the ace-x of spades that would perhaps check call then turn into a bluff. Um, it's kind of hard to come up with very many bluffs, right? If you had a 10, you wouldn't think you would keep betting like this. This is just drastically overplaying a 10. So, I mean, I guess I should point out that some players will drastically overplay their hands like a 10, but I think you typically need to start by assuming your opponent is going to, your opponent is going to play reasonably. So I think this is just a fold. I, I hate folding. I, I mean... You all know I'm kind of a calling station, and for me to fold this pains me. Hope I fold. Maybe I call, though. I don't know what I did. I call this time. Show me a flush. No, they just give me the pot. So if I was playing this hand today, I would have talked myself out of this. And um, I, actually, I actually write in the comments here, folded pocket aces once already in the uh, Thunder Valley Poker Room 1100. Apparently I wasn't in the mood to do it again. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of an interesting concept. I mean, clearly I'm joking when I say stuff like that. If you ever see me say something silly on Twitter like that, clearly no, I'm joking. Uh, but clearly because if you folded aces earlier, it doesn't mean you should not fold them later. Or if you win with your aces five times in a row, it doesn't mean you're going to lose the next time. Or it doesn't mean you're going to win the next time. It doesn't mean anything. If it's a good fold, it's a good fold. The only reason I would possibly call here is if I had the read that either my opponent did not like his hand, that he was bluffing, or that I thought he would overvalue a 10. And, you know, now that you tell me this is at Thunder Valley, which is known to be a very soft tournament, or that very soft tournament stop, and if you told me it was in a random 1100 event, I'd know for a fact that that event was 
ridiculous. A lot of people did not know what they were doing, and you could re-enter a bunch of times. That would lean me towards calling. So, I don't know. I, I, I understand why I called, but if you told me this was something like the World Series main event early in the day, I would just fold for sure because I think you're going to find a better spot for your whole stack. Or if you told me this was some World Poker Tour event, I'd probably fold. But um, you need to be aware that sometimes your aces are near the bottom of your range. And at this point, I think it is close enough because I could easily have the flush draws. And if I have the flush draws, clearly I'm never folding those on the river. If I happen to have a four I'm, or four or a full house, I'm never folding those. So what is the bottom of my range here? Well, it's going to be pocket jacks, pocket queens, pocket kings, and pocket aces. And I think... If you're going to try to be balanced, you can justify folding those. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here. If you enjoy this type of content, definitely check out pokercoaching.com. There you can get a free one-week trial where you can try out the interactive homework questions. You can get into the homework review webinar, and you can try out all of the, the whole load of quizzes we have there. So check it out, pokercoaching.com. If you like this podcast, which presumably you do, to make it through 151 episodes, uh, you will like PokerCoaching.com. So check it out and let me know what you think on Twitter at Jonathan Little. Thank you very much for being here today. Good luck in your games over the next week. And I'll talk to you next time.